0: Good morning, welcome to Grace Bible Church. My name is John, I'm one of the pastors here at Grace Bible. Uh, welcome, if this is your first time, uh, we are finishing our series. This is the last message on the series of Rebuilding Bridges. It's a series on overcoming offense. How many of you sometimes struggle with offense and taking offense when people do things to you that you feel are undeserving? How many of you can be honest and say, yeah, sometimes I struggle with offense, only like five of us. Everybody else in church, you're liars. <laughs> we all go through struggling with offense, and um, and some more than than others. Uh, this today, I want to cover three different, maybe four if we have enough time, but um, different keys. This comes from the book Beta Satan, but there's certain lessons that I've learned over the years of how to overcome offense. Because um, you know, I was one of the people. In school that was teased a lot and I have a lot of trauma PTSD from people teasing me a lot um, Mainly because when I was growing up and still I have a high voice So all my life people used to tease me because I had a high voice, but also because I was Okinawan and very hairy So if you can imagine like, you know fourth grade I'm growing facial hair already and I have a super high voice but my by eighth grade, I'm like the most hairy kid in class with the highest voice, and so everybody would tease me. I remember, I remember one time we were in class, and one of uh, my friends was teasing me, and he's like, "Oh, John," he goes, "John, I, I, I'm sorry that I always tease you that you're so hairy." Oh, John, John, are you in there? Are you in there? They say all kinds of mean things. Anyway. So over the years, I've learned how to forgive. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's read the scripture, and we'll open in a word of prayer. Um, it's at the top of your notes. This comes from Romans 12, 17. Uh, let's read it at the count of three. One, two, three. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. God, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that uh, you have called us not to be ignorant to the devices of the, our enemy, but Lord, that we would be aware of them. And uh, God, we pray that you would help us to identify uh, the things that the enemy uses against us to keep us down, and Lord, that uh, we would not just be... Uh, aware of his devices but we would be able to overcome and have victory uh, in these areas of our lives we ask this in jesus wonderful name speak to your speak speak to us through your word this morning in jesus name everyone said amen Uh, i remember when i was i think i was five years old it's one of my earliest memories um, my parents used to take us to the Salvation Army pool. How many of you are old enough to remember the Salvation Army pool in Wailuku? And uh, we used to go swimming there, and then we, you know, after getting all cold, we would like lie down on the cement and dry. How many of you used to do that? Some nostalgic memories. But we, we used to do that, and I remember when I was five years old, my mom enrolled us in swimming classes, and the way that I learned how to swim was I watched all the other kids. And I remember the teacher taking me into the middle of the pool. And I was like, no, don't let me go. And I, w- I just, and I told her, I remember telling her, I want to wait till there's no ripples in the water. And she was getting off frustrated with me. No, y- there's never going to not be ripples. You need to just swim. And I remember just saying, wait, 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 wait. And I would watch how other people were like moving. And after I would watch them for a while, then I'd say, OK. And then she'd like let me go. And then I would swim to the wall. And, um, and I remember her, when my parents picked me up, she was telling my parents, he's a watchdog. He just watches and copies. And that's how he learns it. he watches and copies. And that stuck with me through my whole life. And every time I wanted to learn something, I would just watch. And it became like when I started skateboarding, I would get videos. And I would just watch skateboarding videos all the time. When I wanted to learn surfing, I would just watch surf videos all the time. Anything that I wanted to learn. So right now, I'm learning tennis. And if you go on my Instagram, all there is on my Instagram feed is people serving in tennis. And I watch the way that they make their feed, and they toss it up in the air, and they kind of arch back. And all I do is watch that over and over and over again. And I think I'm getting a little bit better at serving. Am I getting better, Pastor Lance? (laughs) No, I'm not. Oh, sure. I beat Kathy. But it was doubles, it was doubles, so it doesn't count. but um... <laughs> did, you, did you guys hear that? She said that I aced her. I... <laughs> she's not offended. she's <laughs> offended not But one of the things that that affect us, and reproduced in our lives is the things that we watch, the things that we meditate on. And what bitterness is and what offense is, is rehearsing and meditating on offense over and over again. And what happens when we focus on offense and we meditate on those things and have bitterness in our lives, it recreates the things that, that, we're, that we see. Um, there's a, a lot of different studies a study by dutton in 2014 and it talks about the cycle of abuse that a lot of people that have gone through certain abuse as a child that they will rehearse those things in their memories and and in rehearsing those things keep a bitter heart and then they become abusers uh, when they grow up it's a cycle of abuse because whatever you put in front of you you reproduce um, there's another study called trauma uh, reenactment and whenever somebody Will rehearse trauma in their lives, that there is a, a chance, a greater chance, that they will, will uh, be the ones to give that trauma to others. Um, infidelity, there was a, a, a study on infidelity and people that have cheated or uh, have been unfaithful in their uh, relationships. Many of them experienced that hurt in their lives previous to being um, the one who cheated on someone else. Um, resentment and aggression, there was a study on that by Patrick in 2009, and it shows that there is a link between holding grudges and harboring resentment and increased aggressive behavior. How many of you want to be free from bitterness, want to be free from trauma, want to be free from those things? And um, one of the things is that we need to learn how um, how to choose what we focus on. Um, I'm going to do... How many of you are familiar with David in Scripture? And David is such a perfect example because uh, Scripture records David as being a man after God's own heart. But in every person, no matter who we are, there's good and bad, right? There's nobody except Jesus that's all good. What were some good things that we know about David, who is recorded to be a man after God's own heart? Just shout some things out. He was a worshiper. Faith, he had faith. What else do we know about David that was good? He loved God. He wrote tons of psalms, and we use those psalms to worship God. What are some other things? Integrity. He didn't kill Saul. Who said that? Oh, okay, Rhonda. Rhonda, you're throwing me off. You're supposed to sit right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I hear the voice, but it should be coming from right here. Um, brave. Yep, he was definitely brave. What are some other things good about David? Leader, amazing leader. Okay, what were some bad things about David? Adulterer. I don't know if I'm spelling that right. Adul- oh, yeah, need to know. <laughs> Is that right? Adult, adult. He was an adult. He was being an adult. Um, it, did I spell that right? Okay, never mind. Just pretend it's spelled right. Um, what's what's? He is a murderer. Bad father. Bad father. What are some other bad qualities of David? Yeah, I I would say that he was a rapist. Because if you're king and you call a woman to your palace, what choice does she have back then? Uh, What else is David? He is a liar. Ooh. Yeah, he is a liar. He's a peeping tom. <laughs> 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 peeping tom. Okay. So, David, there's good things and bad things about this guy, right? Um what we see in the life of David is that he had two sons. Uh, He had Solomon, and he he had many sons, but Absalom. And we know the story of Absalom, that Absalom had a sister, Tamar, that got raped by her brother, Ammon, and David didn't do anything to provide justice in that situation. So Absalom became very bitter against his father, David. And when he saw David, it's and it said that he became very upset with, with his father. So much so with his father and Ammon that he ended up murdering Ammon and all his brothers. Just wiped them out at a, at a dinner. Um, he invited them to celebrate, and when they were all drunk, he just took them out. Um, so Absalom... When he saw David, what do you think that he saw? Let, let, let's, let's talk about what kind of person Absalom was. First, he was a liar because he got everybody, all his brothers, to that dinner. And then after he got all his brothers to that dinner, what did he do? He murdered them. Um, he wasn't even a father. He had no kids. Um, I don't know if he was a peeping Tom. But it said that when he went against his father, David, that he took all of David's concubines and slept with them in the, in the uh, sight of all of Israel. So he actually made everybody else be peeping Toms. So we'll, we'll do that. All the concubines that he slept with in the sight of all of Israel, that falls under rapists, except not just one, but many. And he wasn't married, but he slept with all people. So we can see everything that Absalom did was more than what the bad of David was. So when Absalom looked at David, what do you think he saw? If it's true that we become what we focus on and what we see, do you think that he saw a worshiper, a person of faith, someone who loved God, integrity, brave, and a leader? No. What he saw was all the bad stuff of David. The good, Solomon, was he a worshiper? He provided the most extravagant sacrifices recorded in scripture at the dedication of the temple. He was a man of faith. He, he was the greatest leader that Israel ever knew, brave, brave, Integrity, kind of questionable, um, and he loved God. What do you think Solomon saw when he saw David? He saw all the good, and it was reproduced in Solomon's life. Bitterness will reproduce the things in our lives that we're bitter about, honor will reproduce the good things that we see in a person's life. So, what I want to do today is I'm going to call up Kamale and Jackson. Kamale and Jackson, can you guys come? And uh, why don't you guys give them a hand this morning? And you guys can just sit right, right in front. Okay. Now this is this is really important. Andrea, OK, what are some good things about your mom? Hardworking, work. Hard loving, giving, generous, that's the same thing. Loves God. Yeah, more, more. We want to keep doing it till she cries. She's fun. (laughs) Faithful. Who said that? Oh, okay. Yep, Debbie. Dedicated. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) points. Points. (laughs) Points. <laughs> uh, awesome. Okay. What are some bad things about injury? Stressful. Stress. Overworks. I I gave them a heads-up on this. They're they're gonna they're being nice (laughs) (laughs) Emotional (laughs) One more one more anyone (laughs) (laughs) Hallmarks So, so in everyone, there's good and bad. Um, the thing is, as parents, we can do our best to raise the next generation to, to be good. And, and what a lot of parents do, myself included, is we try to get rid of all the negatives. But how many know that that is impossible? That's completely—because we all have sin, Right? Just like David, he had good and bad, and he had different sons that focused on the good and bad. Those things reproduced in the life of the kids. So, Jackson, when you have a decision to make on focusing on the good of your mother or the bad of your mother, what side are you going to focus on? Okay, so Jackson is going to focus on the good. And you know what will happen? All of this stuff will reproduce in your life. What do you want to do? Focus on the good or or bad? (laughs) Kamalay says she wants to do the good, but she said that she can see some of the bad in her already. (laughs) So the way that you keep the bad out is you just focus. Focus on the good. Is that good? So parents, it's really important for us We're never going to get rid of all this stuff. But what we can do is we can model focusing on the good of people that are in our lives. So if there's a boss or if our parents irritate us or our spouse irritates us, if we model to our kids focusing on the positive traits even though there's some negative, there's more chance that they will be like this instead of focusing on this. And if we practice honor in our own lives, there's a better chance that our kids will practice honor in their lives because everyone in our culture right now tends to focus on the bad, the bad of everything. We've become a very critical culture. And the danger in raising up a generation that's critical is they will never pull in the good. Because there's a lot of good things about our country. There's a lot of good things about our our authorities. There's a lot of good blessings that God has given us. But if we focus on the bad, that's what we're going to reap. And so we want to be people of honor. We want to be people who focus on the good. Amen? Can you guys give a hand for Jackson and Kamale? So we have a choice every day to be like Solomon or to be like Absalom, to focus on the good or to focus on the bad, to focus on offense or to focus on Jesus and forgive. Amen? Amen. So how do we do that? How do we do that? And th- this, is, this is important. Jesus gave us the template. He gave us the blueprint of how to let things go. And let's read Matthew 544 at the count of three. One two, three. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. I want you to pay attention how many of these words up here, the action words is love, bless, do good, pray for. How many of those are emotions? Maybe love is an emotion, but if you look at what love is in Corinthians 13, it's love is patient, love is kind. There's a lot of things that love is, and a lot of it is action. So with our offense and our bitterness, the solution is not waiting for our feelings to change, but it's through action. Everyone say forgiveness is an action. Say it again. Forgiveness is an action. And I've heard people say, I don't want to say that I forgive or I don't want because I don't want to be a hypocrite. Like, I really do hate this person. And, and one of the truths of Scripture is that our feelings will follow our actions. Our feelings will follow our actions. God's called us to lead our feelings with our actions, not wait for our feelings to lead our actions actions leaders will act and then their feelings will follow instead of being led by their feelings amen so this is what he tells us to do he says to to love your enemies but the the strong actions is to bless those who curse you now bless when we when we hear the word bless we think um like doing stuff But in this specific uh, scripture, it's the opposite of cursing. It has to do with the words that you speak. It has to do with the words that you speak because when you speak, when somebody offends you and you begin to talk about it, what does that do to your emotions when you talk to somebody else about what someone else did? It stirs up all that emotion, right? And so the Bible says don't let those emotions get stirred up the way that you don't let those emotions get stirred up is you bless instead of curse. You speak good instead of evil. And then it says to do good to those who hate you. That's an action. That's not a feeling. Um, You know, I've talked about that one guy that punched me in Guam that I peeled out on accident because I didn't know how to, to drive a stick. And so I was in like one of the back, uh, back residential areas and I peeled out, and this guy jumped in front of my car and then punched me through the window. And then God told me, I want you to bless this person. And I, was, I went home, and you know, I lived right down the street. He didn't know that I, I lived there because I was just there for a summer. And I asked God, how am I supposed to bless this guy? And I looked into the cupboard, and there was like a box of brownies. And God said, make these brownies for the guy. And so... <laughs> I said, this is so stupid. And I made brownies, I took it over to his house, walked down the street, took it to his house, knocked on the door, and then he came to enter the door, and he, I said, do you remember me? And he's like, yeah, you're the guy that was peeling out. I said, I did it by accident, I don't know how to drive stick. And then I said, yeah, you punched me. And he goes, what do you want? I said, I'm here to give you brownies. And then he looked at me like, and he said, what's in the brownies? <laughs> nothing. I'm a missionary. For this summer, I'm a missionary to the church down the street, and I want to bless you. And he's like, oh, you're a Christian. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a Christian. He goes, you, you go to that church. No, I don't go to the church. And he goes, come to my party tonight. And so he invited me to his party. And then when I showed up, he said, hey, this guy's a missionary. Hey, pray for our food. And so I <laughs> prayed for the food. And... <laughs> but it was hard to be bitter at this guy when I blessed him. After I blessed him, it was really hard to just stay mad at him. And I realized when I made the brownies for him that it was that scripture of blessing somebody that hurt you is not really for the other person, it's for me. Because when I blessed them, it freed the grip of bitterness that was around my heart. And so a lot of times we are prisoners of our bitterness and we don't know how to get rid of it. And we're like, God, help me not be bitter. And he's like, just read your Bible. Just bless somebody. Oh, I don't want to bless somebody, especially that person. But the more that you don't want to bless, and the harder it is to, to, to go out and do that, the more of a release you'll feel. I, I, I heard Aaron Cadero, he got unjustly fired from his job because this woman had breast cancer and she hated God and knew that he was a pastor's kid, so she fired him. And then he came home, he was all mad, and he's talking to his dad, and his dad said, I want you to write a list of all the things that she did for you as a manager, all the things she taught you, then I want you to go buy some roses, take it to the place, give her the letter, give her the roses, and thank her for being a good manager. And so he did that, and he said that all that bitterness that he is struggling with, when he did that, it all fell off. And years later, she walked up to him in, in, in a New Hope church on Oahu, and she said, I came to your church much later and receive Christ and turn my life around because of the, the grace that you showed me when I unjustly fired you. And God calls us to mirror himself, to bless those. It's an action, not a feeling. And the feelings will follow actions. last thing: pray for those. If you cannot get yourself to bless somebody, Jesus is making it easy. Just pray for them. And it does something to your heart. It changes your heart when you pray. Uh, I was talking to this one person that went through uh, this trauma in a relationship, and, and this person was saying, I, I said, how did you get through that? How did you forgive? And this person said, I, every time that bad feelings came up, bad memories, I just prayed for them and asked that God would work in their heart and bless them and change them. And, and it worked. Several years later, that person is like completely free of, of bitterness. And um, So everyone say bless, everyone say do good, everyone say pray, and these are actions, they're not feelings. The last thing, and I'll close it this, um, offense is a door, that's good, yeah, you get it? Offense is a door. Offense is the door, um, and it's a door to blessing. I was meditating on this one scripture. It's not in your notes. This is just another point, but I thought it was really a, a, a good, uh, a good lesson. Um, and this lesson was how Jesus responded to John the Baptist, because John the Baptist he was in jail, and he wanted Jesus to do something, and Jesus didn't do anything, and then. John the Baptist, who baptized Jesus and said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He was the one that paved the way for Jesus to come. He he got so disillusioned while he was in prison that he told his disciples, can you go and talk to Jesus and ask Jesus if he's the one or if we should wait for another? And you know what Jesus' response to him was? He said, go tell John that the lame walk, the blind see, that those who are oppressed are set free, and blessed is he who is not offended in me. I, I was thinking about that. Like, why was John offended? You know why John was offended? Because John knew Jesus' assignment. And you know what John's Jesus' assignment was? When he, he got baptized by John, went into the wilderness, came out, and then he read his assignment from Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. And one of the things that are in, in his job assignment is, I'm here, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives and those in prison to be set free. John knew Jesus' assignment was to set people in prison free, and he was in prison, and he was waiting for Jesus to set him free. And Jesus never came. That sucks. And so... John, he's like, what's going on? I know Jesus' assignment. He's supposed to set me free. And he tells his disciples, go ask him. If, is he the one? And you know what? Je- Jesus knew where, what was going on in John's heart. And Jesus, instead of being like, John, I love you. Don't worry about it, John. There's something good on the other side. You know what he tells John? The lame walk, the blind see, the oppressed are set free, and blessed is he who's not offended in me. Pretty much what he was saying was like, good stuff is happening to everybody but you. <laughs> That's what he said. And, but then he said, blessed, everyone say blessed. He said, blessed is he who's not offended in me, because offense is a door to Blessing offense is a door to blessing. Blessed, John, you're blessed. If you go through all this stuff and you don't get offended in me, you will be blessed. And then I started going through scripture and Joseph was offended when he was sold into slavery and that offense led to him being the second in command of all of Egypt when he didn't hold offense, when he was offended not. Job, when his friends came and Uh, unjustly accused him for all this different stuff it said that god blessed him double of everything that he had when he forgave and prayed for his friends that that offense became a door to blessing when he when people responded being offended not mary she was offended with jesus because She said, Lord, if you were here, my my brother would not have died. And she knew Jesus is a healer, but that was the first time that Jesus ever revealed himself as the resurrection. And he called Mary out of the house, and he's like, Mary, are you going to be offended sitting in the house, or are you going to come out and talk to me? And she came out and talked to him, and he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he rose Lazarus from the dead who had been dead four days There was a blessing, but it was through the door of offense. And there's offense in every single one of our lives. Jesus went through the greatest offense. And as Pastor Eddie pointed out, there's people that were accusing him. There are people that were mocking him. There are people that were stealing his garments. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that offense became a door to blessing. It says, God raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand, in the heavenly places far above, all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every name that is named both in heaven and on earth. Jesus walked through the door of offense and walked into his blessing. And every single one of our lives, the offense that we experience is really a door that God allows us to walk through into a greater blessing of our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. How many of you want to release your offense? To focus on the good, focus on honor, and not the bad. Want to treat forgiveness as an action, not a feeling. And what was my last point? And to look at offense as a door. I love that offense is a door. Is that good? Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor your offense. Your offense is a door. Your fence is a door. I forgot, to t- I, I forgot to say this in the beginning of service, but um, our, our intercessors, our prayer team, went uh, to an amazing uh, retreat this past week. And uh, we want to pray for, we want to be able to uh, open up to, to pray for you for whatever you, you want uh, this morning. And so we're going to close in a worship song. And um, as we close in a worship song, Give you an opportunity to uh, release these things to God. Oh, before that, um, shucks. I was going to have Mike share, but we're going to have Mike share next week. Um, <laughs> so so come next week and you'll hear Mike share about how uh, God used offense to be a blessing. Um, this is a woman, I, I was speaking at Waipuna Chapel a couple of months ago, and uh, we were talking about suffering and how God is in the suffering. And Uh, She talks about her experience of wrestling with God and how when she released those offenses that God met her in a powerful way. Um, You can roll this and then we'll close in a time of worship. Uh, Worship team, you can come up.
1: When my husband and I conceived our first baby, we were so excited. We just told everybody and um, about two months into the pregnancy, we miscarried and I was just so devastated. If there is a God, why did he let this happen? Did I not have enough faith? Did I not pray enough? Did I not tithe enough? I was so angry with him that I shut his His words out. He I know he wanted to speak so tenderly to me, and I remember a seasoned um, lady in the church who was um, kind of a mentor to me. I poured out my heart to her and my fears and my doubts and just my sorrow, and she encouraged me to worship regardless of how I felt because God was still good, and he still had good things for me. I remember him telling me, I was there when you shed the first tear over the loss of this baby. I was there in utter darkness when your baby beat its last heartbeat. I was there to receive him and take him home, and I am here now with you. You can either shut God out and run away from him in your anger and hurt, where you can take all those things to him and allow him to minister to your heart, to speak words of encouragement and affirmation over you, and that is in this life you will go through trials. But take heart. I have overcome the world.
0: Amen. How many of you want to release your offense and walk into the blessing that God has for you. Why don't we all stand? God, we just thank you, Lord, that you are here, that you are our deliverer. Lord, I know that there's those that have experienced offense in many different ways. God, that has affected not just our relationships with others, but our relationships with you. we, we pray that you would allow us to bring these things before you and to lay them at your feet lord you don't want us to carry these weights and these burdens and lord you provided the blueprint you provided the roadmap of how to be free from offense by laying down your life not holding on to your rights as god but you came as a servant and gave us what we didn't deserve you gave us eternal life and a relationship with you and god we pray lord that even this morning as we sit in your presence god that you would deliver those who need deliverance lord that you'd speak to those who need to hear your voice and god cause your people to be represent representatives lord of